Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Key in the Lake podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with a mention of whiskey in its title. This is your host, Jake, speaking. I just wanted to give a quick little intro to this episode as we are nearing the end of the 12 days of barrel picks. We are on day number 10, but due to some scheduling conflicts and some technical difficulties, we do not have a full uh, podcast dedicated to one individual barrel pick. But, however, yesterday afternoon, Marty Duffy of Glencairn Glass and the founder of Journeyman Distillery, Bill Welter, uh, came by the the old podcast studios here in Lakeview East, Chicago, Illinois, and we recorded a podcast kind of about the industry and a little bit about what Journeyman's been up to and what craft distillers have been put through this last nine to ten months. It was a quick topic of conversation when the FDA announced at the end of the new year in 2020 that they were going to be... Uh, essentially fining distilleries of excess of $14,000 if they produced hand sanitizer. And there's over 800 distilleries, mostly local craft distilleries that were participating in the CARES Act to provide local support and be heroes, in my opinion, for the local community when they are asked to be called upon, much as distilleries are asked to be called upon during uh, multiple wars in the, in, during, um, you know, across the world. And U.S. distillers stepped up and halted production of their, of their juice to, help provide um, materials and what an aid to whatever the U.S. government and U.S. forces needed at the time. And it, when all this began back in March, when distillers started making hand sanitizer and halting the production of their other spirits, it took me back to reading about distilleries during World War II and leaving an indelible mark on the Whiskey Society or what the Whiskey Society could do for its country and its community. And it was such a real shame to see that the FDA was planning on finding these distilleries, these fine people, um, but that only lasted about 24 hours. And, uh, the whiskey world, which is a marvelous, marvelous community, took shape and took to the internet and started basically signing petitions and emailing and tweeting and Instagramming, whatever it may be, at uh, that the our government and holding our government accountable for their actions and these actions that were completely unnecessary and just distasteful, disgusting um, ramifications that were being posed against craft distillers. So I wanted to talk to Bill about that, Marty, who's been in the whiskey world for you know multiple decades. It was uh, it was something that was need to be talked about um, the state of the craft distilling world. So uh, we didn't really focus too much on journeyman or whiskey in general. It was more about what's happening to these distilleries across the U.S. and seeing if they can make it through um, these really troubling times during 2020 as we enter now into 2021. So this is about a 15-minute clip of a full episode that we recorded yesterday afternoon. Um, the full episode will be released on Monday, January 11th, which will be our technically our, full, our first full episode of Key in the Lake in 2021. Um, once again, everybody, thank you for the support out there. It's been really incredible to see how this podcast has grown a little bit, how we've grown in the whiskey community with all of you out there. And we just uh, find it a joy to record you know, a few episodes each and every week and share it with you. And hopefully you guys are enjoying it too. So um, best wishes in 2021. Um, hope it's already off, you're off to a good year and we'll see you soon. Cheers, guys. Always interesting to see that. But how has it changed, you know, being a craft distiller this year? Obviously, we had actually had Matt and Tom on back in March or April yeah. talking about everything, how you adjusted the hand sanitizer and it's like some of the other local distilleries did, but it's not just distilling when you have a huge industry, essentially what you have with event spaces, restaurant, bar, yeah. whole staff to support. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I guess in some ways it's about um, adjusting expectations for the year. Mm. And, and you know, I don't want to sound too too corny or cheesy or whatever, but also 
you know, perhaps being grateful for what we have had and, and, and kind of, you know, looking at it and going, well, you know, fortunately we've had success and, and those opportunities we all hope will be in front of us again in 2021 or, or, you know, God forbid 2022. (laughs) uh, Well, and you've gotten this new distribution deal. Yeah, yeah, so we did have some positive windfall. news in 2021, and, and obviously the hand sanitizer played a big role in kind of um, helping us bridge the gap to reopening in the summer. Uh, but we had been working on um, with um, uh, Sazerac, their, uh, a division of Sazerac called 375 Park Avenue Spirits, uh, and, um, and, and signed a distribution agreement with those guys in July uh, to, to take us to, um, we've been in 19 States for, for a while now, but we're an expand of 41 in, in 2021. Uh, so that's, you know, I think, you know, we couldn't be happier about that. We're super excited. And, and, um, you know, Joanna and, and my goal is to kind of create a multi-generational family owned and operated distillery. And I think this, uh, relationship with 375 Park Avenue Spirits will help us kind of take some of those next steps. At the same time, um, and I think it's important to note because it's important to us, is that we've uh, maintained full ownership of the distillery. Uh, we've not, quote unquote, you know, sold out. And uh, <laughs> so, you I don't know. I think you sell anymore. I think the whole punk rock of rules of like, yeah. are like gone, especially <laughs> at this point. Everybody's selling out in some yeah, way. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if anyone really cares about that than perhaps maybe just my wife and I, but right, it's, right, right. it's important to us. So um, I always like to hear, I mean, because there, there, there has been for the last, you know, over these, these last 10 years, this big, huge growth of yeah. distilleries. You have, um, oh, I mean, by some estimates, over 2,000 right. distilleries, right? That's, um, is that just craft, or is that overall? I'm sure it's overall, but when you think of the big guys, the big guys probably make up such a small fraction. Right now, yeah. Um, but, you know, you do hear, I mean, I remember being down at Tales of the Cocktail a couple of years back, and there's a fella, a really nice guy, uh, who started an absinthe, hmm. and he, he was importing it. And he had just shown he was showing us this nice new bottle. And I said, "Oh, so is this on the market yet?" And he goes, "No." Hey, you used to work for Diageo, right? I go, "Yeah." Do you know any Diageo people here? Do you think I could talk to him about selling it to him? I go, "You, you want to sell him your brand that hasn't even been released yet?" Wow. I go, "I mean, I guess if, you, but eh. you know." And at the time, I thought it was crazy. What's that a Diageo want to do with a small absinthe that hasn't even hit the market yet? And then. Yeah, George Clooney sells them up. Yeah, what was that? Fifty-two thousand case to yeah, for oh, a billion oh, bucks. Okay, maybe. Well, Jamie said she was approached by a guy to do an RTD, like basically help do the sales for it. He's like, I just want to make yeah. money for it, and he was Come doing. I don't. I remember what spirit he actually ended up producing, but it was just clear spirits. And then he had the idea for RTD, and like, I just want to make money and sell it off. Yeah. Which is, it's a lot of investment to try to just sell it off after producing all the spirits that way. And there is this whole thing where you you do see these brands, there are these distillers who do sell peace. Mm -hmm. And you often wonder, okay, I can understand that. If you're Mm -hmm. a small brand, you want that infusion of cash. Yeah. But at the same time, you do know that they've just taken a bite out of you and later they're going to swallow and you're happy with that yeah you know i just 
I don't know. It's kind of nice when someone wants to make a distillery and they do want to make it generational. They want it to, you know, you know, do something like the grants. Yeah. Yeah. Look, that's right. First thing comes to mind. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Glenn Fark was Glenn Bacardi's. Bacardi family still friends Bacardi as far as I know. I know yeah. topic of conversation I've had a lot with people over the last nine months or so too is will craft distilleries only survive if they basically join collectives together to kind of create um, a larger distillery based on three, four or five of them that maybe two or three of them really can't make it. One's still kind of doing well. And if that's even a possibility for distiller distilleries to do and unite that way. But then again, you lose your identity mm-hmm. as a owner and operator of a distillery if you're doing it in that sense. But I think right before the relief bill came out um, based on the taxes going up from, you know, what two, two dollars and 70 cents to right. $13 yeah, per gallon, uh, some distillers were quoted as saying like three out of, I think two out of three distilleries would probably collapse after six months if that would actually pass. Unfortunately, it isn't. And then also yeah. with you guys making hand sanitizers and other, like 800 other distilleries across the country too, supporting the local communities doing that. And FDA comes out and says, hey, we have to fine you for user fees, yeah. <laughs> potentially for $14,000. I've probably never received more emails and text messages when people read about that $14,000 fine. Uh, well, I called it a fine, I guess. It, right. You know, I, <laughs> I, I was trying to fees. Know, understand <laughs> to myself how it is that you can ask people to close your business. Right. And then they say, well, can you please reopen because we have a huge shortage of hand sanitizer. Can you make this for the good of, right. of, of the country? Uh, of which, you know, many, if not all of us gave away uh, a fair amount of the hand sanitizer. And then they circle back around at the end of the year and and, and impose a, a fee retroactively. I mean, I've just never even heard of that. Uh, on, well, I on literally I, the last day of the year, too. Yeah, I, I can't even be legal. But as, as we know now, they've they've retracted that. I think people are very vocal about that right away yes. on the Internet. But and, these are the same politicians, though, who... These are the same people who uh, are also talking about raising your taxes, right? Because oh, yeah. because of this whole COVID thing, yeah, we we're so in debt, and so yeah, we got to yeah. raise our your taxes. I mean, like raising oh, property taxes on thirty percent of your you, you, yeah, city can't even afford to pay rent. You guys who who made me close my business, you want yeah. me now to pay, pay for more that. money? Yeah, and yet you guys all during this time have all been getting paid. Yeah. Why don't we just raise your taxes? Yeah. You guys actually have paychecks <laughs> and money coming in. Oh. oh. It's, a fr- it's a frustrating moment of life. It sure is, man. Someday. Yeah. The legion will come up. How do you we'll... keep like your whole team or just everybody within the distillery um, positive? Well, like, right or... now we're in the middle of a second shutdown in Michigan. Right. So um, we're part of, I believe, four or five states in the U.S. right now that have completely shut down all indoor dining. Okay. Um, I think New York is now back on that list. Um, I believe Illinois is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, California. California, and, and no Michigan. outdoor dining either. Yeah, no outdoor dining. Well, LA, LA, yeah. I should say. I'm yeah. not sure about the other yeah. counties, but. Well, that's a nutty one. Did you see the the, uh, the woman who's had to close down her outdoor yeah, uh, cafe? Yeah. And then right across was a movie Filming. set yeah. where they're doing an outdoor cafe. And she it's wait, like, I you, don't get it. Yeah. You could have hired to her to do yeah. like yeah. even just desserts or something like that. How nice would that have been? Instead of shutting yeah. her down so craft services with unions and all that can go into play and take all of her business. 
I, I think the challenging thing for us being um, in Three Oaks, which is two miles from from the Indiana state line, is that Indiana's pretty much remained open through right. this entire thing. So, I mean, you know, we've we've got people are just kind of going back and forth across the state line. And, I, I, you know, unless you just shut the whole country down, I don't know how just isolating Michigan is going to work <laughs> because we're seeing people go back and forth every single day. Well, that's what we saw uh, here initially with all this yeah. stuff. Everybody's leaving Chicago on the weekends to go to other states and play golf yeah. and go right. hiking <laughs> right. and go to bars and restaurants. Well, and to your point, you know, that's what we saw as well is basically – a huge segment of Illinois, a huge part of, of Michigan was all filtering into Indiana. Mm. And, you know, I'm not sure how crowding one area is, has been successful in, 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 you know, kind of, um, assisting with the virus. Has maintaining a business been harder than starting a business this year compared to like 10 years ago when you first started? Well, it's kind of like we started the business twice. Mm. Um, so in the spring, obviously in March, you know, and, and I think rightfully so people didn't understand what was happening. There was kind of an unknown virus and, and, and I think probably the right move was to, to, to shut things down for a period. But I think as we've kind of evolved here and, and realized that, um, you know, that this virus is, is very much, um, targeted towards a certain age group towards, towards a certain, um, you know, health segment, uh, people are unhealthy and over the age of 70, obviously, you know, those people need to be very concerned, but I think as things have developed here, you know, it's, it's pretty clear that kids are, 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 uh, th- thankfully, you know, I mean, if this was uh, impacting kids, we'd, you know, all agree. Uh, and then, um, you know, so Michigan shut down in the spring, uh, we were able to, um, re reopen, uh, just before 4th of July, Actually, we had a, a busy summer, and then now we're back in another shutdown that um, occurred kind of mid mid November, and and it's continuing on. We don't know when when that will end. And you know, the first go around, uh, there was considerable amount of um, of assistance for our staff, people who were laid off. Uh, this time around, in Michigan at least, um, that support isn't there. So this is. You know, and, and, and the holidays are a key time for a lot of our staff members who work in the hospitality industry. Yeah. We really okay. rely and, and budget um, to have that. that and, and, you know, t- people are considerably more generous during the holidays. when um, and, and so that's a huge loss. Um, yeah, it's just a struggle. And, and, you know, when we reopened in just before the 4th of July, we had to reopen the restaurant. And. I can tell you, and, and anybody listening that's in the restaurant business knows how hard it is to get a restaurant open, but when we had to do it again in June, and now presumably we'll do it for a third time here uh, sometime in 2021, it's just Have you been no told fun. any dates, like potentially when reopening? No, I mean, our, our governor, Governor Whitmer, is, it's, it's, it's always been a last-minute thing. So, you know, we lost about $3,000 in food inventory on the last <sighs> shutdown because you get – you know, they give you a day, a day or two notice. And then this time, and you know, we need at least probably a week to 10 days to get it back up and running, but you know, we won't know until the day before. A good thing would have been for, again, the governments, uh, whether they're state or federal to have gone to people like you, if you had a restaurant, you have food Mm -hmm. that now you can't use it. Yeah. All right, let's buy it off you, mm-hmm. and yeah. then give the shelters. Yeah, well, exactly. we we looked into giving that food away actually because we knew it was going to go bad, and um, they they wouldn't allow it. Yeah, it's illegal, COVID. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. So well, but was... you know, even before that, I used to go to Columbia College 
<clears throat> downtown mm-hmm. when I was younger. and Just to hang out? Yeah, and to hang out. See what, let's see what the cool kids were doing. Um, but there was a cafe there, and a buddy of mine worked there, and they'd throw out the muffins mm-hmm. and all the pastries and stuff. And, Just the tops, though. And I go, why, why don't you guys donate that? I mean, Pacific Garden Missions used to be right across the street. And he said, uh, they won't let us. It's you know illegal. And I go, really? So muffins that you could sell to me, you can't give mm-hmm. to homeless people who are eating out of trash cans. Think how more strict FDA laws are going to get now after this, too. Oh, Jesus Christ. More bureaucracy kind of going into all that. Yeah, that's what we need is more bureaucracy. Is it? No. <laughs> God damn it. I'm moving to Alaska. Alaska. <laughs> they have one distillery there. Only one? I don't know. They have more than one. Yeah, they have more than one. They have a guild. Oh, you know what I was going to say? You know, going back to your mm-hmm. your little uh, your idea of distilleries getting together. Oh, yeah, as a collective. As a collective. Um, it was Wilson's idea, so if you don't like it, blame him. <laughs> Wilson. Um, uh, one of the problems I've seen over the last decade mm-hmm. with distilleries are, even within these distillery guilds, is trying to get everybody on board yeah. and in line. You know, uh, here in Illinois, you've had, uh, it's like wrangling cats, <laughs> according to some of the guys who've, uh, guys and gals yeah. who've been in charge. Um you know, so many times you think everyone's everyone's saying, "Oh yeah, okay, yeah, you go ahead, do that. Mm-hmm. Go down to Springfield and lobby for this." <laughs> then you find out, oh, they did a end around, and mm-hmm. they're lobbying independently for something completely different. And yeah, it's if you can't get people to realize that united you stand, divided you fall mm-hmm. right. in a guild. Mm-hmm. Imagine trying to do a collective where it's business, where it's really business, where mm-hmm. you're trying to maybe share profits. Or yeah, you have to concede ownership, I guess, at some point, and, and also, some level. Also, the, uh, the other problem, too, is in almost every state, you do have a hierarchy of those who have achieved, mm. who've gotten mm-hmm. further, did better marketing, uh, who you know, just are doing better. Right. Or who knows, even maybe producing better spirits. Mm-hmm. And then you have mm-hmm. the, the little guys who are struggling, who don't quite grasp the whole marketing aspect yeah. of, they think, oh, if I distill it, people will buy it. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no one knows you exist in this little mm-hmm. uh, this little uh, shire or wherever you're hiding. How's, yeah. how's the Guild in Michigan been through all this? How's that all operated? Yeah. Um, the Guild's really been working focused on uh, tax reduction in Michigan. So of the 50 states, we're actually close to the highest mm. uh, in terms of how they tax craft distilling. Uh, so in some ways, we're kind of looking for our own tax relief on a state level in Michigan, uh, which which we've received on a federal level. Yeah. Uh, so that the guild's really been focused on that. But um, you know, like some states, we can do cocktails to go now. Yep. Uh, that was something we couldn't do before COVID. And then additionally, um, the state is um, allowing for some self-distribution. Uh, but, I mean, at this point in time, I think that could be really beneficial to, like, the, the very small distilleries. Right. We're, we're probably contemplating whether 
that that makes sense for us at this point in time but i i think it is a benefit for the for the industry in michigan it's especially if you're just doing local distribution right. pretty much but for you guys if you're in 19 states with expanding into 41 yeah. yeah how much can you really get done on your own yeah i mean the logistics of it all are just kind of you get it by trucks fans yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah put matt on his, on his bicycle and... yeah we'll have matt ride somewhere around <laughs>